listening to the Upper Deckers podcast. I'm Derek here with Matt. And the uh, 2000 winner of the Flo Davis Award, Drew. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. One time Sister Kenneth winners over here. Yeah. Sister Kenneth has to use this mic, Flo Davis on that. That's right. Yeah, I agree with that. It's more prestigious. I don't know who Sister Kenneth is. Sounds like a nun. Yeah, that sounds like a dude, doesn't it? It has to be her last name. Like Sister Mary Kenneth. Is it a band? Is it like... A good band name. Twisted Sister Kenneth? That's what I was going to say. Flo Davis and Sister Kenneth. <laughs> I think that they're both dead, so let's stop stomping on their graves. I don't think they're going to notice. We're honoring yeah, them. I think this yeah. is a... Big deal for them. And if they're dead, they can't hear it, so... This podcast brought to you by... I don't know. We don't have a sponsor. Wrestland. <laughs> Home of Sister Kenneth and Flo Davis. <laughs> Alright, today's podcast, we are focusing very, very heavily... Actually, it's everything. On the NFL. The, now, what uh, does that stand for again? No Fun League. Mm. No, there's fun now. Ask Tom. I can have fun now. There's no fun. They don't let you celebrate. They don't let you taunt people. It's boring now. There needs to be more fighting in the NFL. I don't know about that. Like in hockey. Too many pads. Like in hockey. In hockey, they take the helmets off. I really like it when NFL players punch each other. In the in and the they're helmet. wearing helmets. Yeah. Like yeah. You're gonna punch you right in the shoulders. Oh wait. Okay. In the chest. Oh, All right. Oh, well, doesn't hit me anywhere because I have pads on. As long as it's not the knees or the thighs. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of guys don't wear those anymore. Remember the hip pads we had to wear? Oh my god, those were the worst. Why did we have to but wear But did those? you ever get hit in the hip without one? It hurt. No, because I always had them on. But I always I had them on. I don't think I ever got hit. big. I don't think I ever got hit in the hip. The tailbone one was weird, too. Oh, that was a weird one. That one always came unbuckled. We had shoddy equipment at St. Paul. The first one that I... The and first Jesuit. time, <laughs> the first time that I looked at, my, at a hip pad... Or not a hip pad, a tailbone pad... I was like, what is this? And I tried to put it in the front like a cup. <laughs> That's a good yeah, idea. See, I'd, I'd much rather wear it up there. Than I, I hate wearing a cup, though, because it just like restricts your movement. I, I don't think I ever really wore one. I did a baseball, but... Oh, yeah, baseball, you have to. There's, like, dudes who wear cups and like, soccer and stuff. You wore a cup in cross-country? No. Didn't that cause a lot of chafing? I didn't wear one. Body glide, bro. Body glide. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the uh, rather than into the news. Let's jump in. in let's jump into the NFL off season. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Now the uh, back in April might have been some of May too. We started the off season with the NFL draft, and it's hard to give out draft grades at this point. You're gonna have to wait probably two or three seasons to see a guy play. So let's not talk about who we thought had a good draft, but let's kind of talk about who we think uh, or who we're excited to see. From this draft, and, and what player you like the situation they're going into? I I would say um, I think Jameis is gonna uh, do quite well. James is yeah in Tampa Bay. I mean, he's stepping into a situation where there's zero expectations, and I think he's actually a pretty bright guy when it comes to football. When it comes to football, when it comes to uh, everything else, he's a dummy. But I think he's a pretty bright guy. He's got prototypical size and. Arm strength is just going to be kind of starting to mesh. And he's got the weapons around him to do that. I was about to say that, yeah. He's got Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. Then also Austin Safarian Jenkins. I don't know how much that guy has, but he was a former first-round pick. 
Second round pick, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, and they're kind of giving him the keys to this thing. So, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see how he performs. Tampa Bay is still going to suck because their team is not that great. Well, and that's what I'll say, though. You don't know. Who's, look at that division. That's true. That division, they could go, like last year it was, 7-9, and nine, won that division. Carolina's so, out. Yeah, you, they're not going to have a good year. It's a beautiful thing for Tampa Bay. You don't have to be that good to get into the playoffs. That's true. Do they have a running game, though? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they have a line and running game. But I like that. I like Jameis a lot, too. Another guy I like within that division uh, is the linebacker. Now I'm totally blanking on his name. Shaq. Uh, crap. I don't like you no, I don't know. I just totally Thompson. Blanked. There you go, Shaq Thompson from Washington. Totally just blanked on his name. But going to the uh, Carolina Panthers, it seemed like a bit of a unnecessary pick. A lot of people thought because they have Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Um, but now I think that fits in perfectly because a lot of what I heard about uh, Thompson before he was drafted was he may move to safety, meaning he's a perfect nickel linebacker yeah he's a guy who's going to be able to stay in there and then all three of those guys can now stay in so the rich just got richer you know at the linebacking position that's a, a spot where we know there's a lot of injuries and they have a lot of depth there so they're going to have three really good linebackers rotating there uh most excited about duke johnson mm. in cleveland cleveland's got nothing as far as running backs they got isaiah crowell and then uh, what's the other guy's name terrence west terrence west they tried that last year and it didn't do anything for them. Uh, and, and I think I think Duke's going to quickly, within like the first two or three games, take over that position have and, they and be their premier back. Have they announced who their starting quarterback is yet? They have not. Better get on that. We got a couple of days. <laughs> we're this on Sunday and we got the the first games here on Thursday night. Yeah, so they got they got a week. Still as Patriots. Speaking of the Patriots, what has set me up, Matt? Oh, you're welcome. Tom Brady is not suspended. suspended? Well, no, he was suspended, suspended? for four games. Not, not suspended. suspended. Okay, not suspended. He's, he's suspended he's, for the first four games. He's no longer suspended. He's suspended. No, no. The, N- the NFL said he's suspended. They did that today? No, the NFL just said that. When? A long time ago. Okay, but then the judge just overturned it. Judge Judy? Yep, Judge Judy said... How great would... Okay, so, sorry, sidebar. How great would it be if they paid Judge Judy to be the uh, independent arbiter of all NFL suspensions, be, and they filmed it and showed it on TV? It'd be just as much of a mockery as it already is. Yeah. I, mean, I think it'd be hilarious. Because what? The reason the reason he's not suspended is because the judge said that this wasn't in the rule book. Because in, the in judge drafted of, him in his fantasy league? Yep. True. I think... But what he said was... There is no clear cut. If he does this, this is this is the suspension. Uh-huh. So that's why they're like you can't take him four games. Yeah, that's kind of bogus because yeah, a lot of people are saying. I mean, a lot of people have come out, uh, and I think I've talked to you guys about this before. A lot of people have come out with that suspension about. Oh, he he deflated footballs. Big deal. There's like people who like you know do all these who like get DWIs and beat up women and do all that stuff and I'm and, and I just kind of have to tell those people like look take a step back think of this in the in terms of the of what the punishment is the punishment is that you don't get to play so if you're if you're if it's an on the field punishment in my mind an on the field uh infraction should weigh more heavily I agree I mean it's it's like uh you work on Wall Street, 
what's worse? The guy got gets a DUI or he has insider trading. Exactly. Like the insider trading is clearly worse for for his company. Now to the all of society, sure, I get the DUI might be a bigger deal. Right. But it's what he did on the field. But now he's not he's no longer suspended. So now Greg Hardy is going, Hey, I wanna I wanna appeal this. Right. You know, I had to sit out all of last season, except for the first game. Why am I getting an it's additional a four? A little bit different because he got paid, but I understand what you're saying. I know, but that's that's what he's saying. Yeah, and, but what's the difference too between Adrian Peterson sat out all of last season yep. and he's not suspended? There's just there's no clear cut, and I guess I agree with the the judge in this instance. There's no clear cut rules and laid out guidelines for suspension. So Goodell's just throwing out arbitrary numbers, and then guys appeal it and they win. Yeah, go ahead. I don't understand why the NFL tries to be the end-all, be-all. Like, if if something happens off the field, let the law take care of it. I don't understand why you... Like, if you... If you get a DWI, you don't lose your job. You might, There might be something, some reprimand from your job, but you're not going to... For the most part, unless it's... I will say this. ...work-related, you're not going to lose your job. It's up to the company. Yeah, but if I go get a DWI on the weekend... Right, and it doesn't affect me going to work on Monday morning. Here's the thing I heard, and I, I don't have any, I don't know because I have not read the NFL code of conduct. But if that's something in their code of conduct that says, "Hey, if you get a DWI, you will get," but it sounds like that's probably not, since we're getting all these arbitrary, like that's the only the only suspensions that are, that hold right now are the ones for guys who smoke weed. Because they have because that's explicitly in yeah that's yeah, explicitly Josh in Gordon's out for what seven, season. seventeen years yeah, yeah. It, I mean but that's in the handbook and so they don't but also how are we supposed to have in the handbook for Everything. deflating footballs like did you think that was ever gonna happen well in the in the rules it does say I mean in it the rules it does say you have to stay between the this and this psi exactly but did they but ever, they don't say like you're it's a four game suspension but do they have to I mean yeah exactly they shouldn't have to. In that regard, and and going back to the other thing, I hate kind of compares, comparing the NFL to the real world, but it's like it's it's really one of those things where like Matt was saying, if I get a DWI, it's really up to my company whether or not they want to do anything with it. But what they say doesn't necessarily mean what another company is going to say. So I'm I mean like if that happens to me, I'm likely I work in finance, I'm likely to find another job, right? Yeah. But if I if I do something related to insider trading, I'm not finding You're another, never job. Getting another job. Right, like yeah, not Rice, not in that, not in finance. You're gonna have to go do no. something else. Right, so Ray so, Rice beats up his girlfriend. Right, the Ravens kick him off the team. The NFL says you're suspended for whatever that whole thing was. Right, right. But the Ravens kicked him off the team. Yeah. So at that point, it's like it was up to the Ravens. Right. We, we just don't want to deal with you because you're an asshole. Yeah. It has nothing to also do. Also, he wasn't he doesn't have talent anymore. That's why he hasn't found a job. But no, true. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we know Gazelle. Sucks, and uh, I prefer Paul. But the system sucks too. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think that the judge was necessarily right. You shouldn't have to have everything outlined. But. No, that's true. We know there's a crap situation, but let's move on to something where uh, teams made some good decisions. The offseason uh, free agency has come and gone. There's some some moves going on right now. It's cut day was yesterday, and there's some some trades going down, some waiver claims happening. But let's talk about the some of the key. Off-season acquisitions. There were a few big ones. I think Nadamak and Sue was a, a huge one for the Dolphins. Um, they already had a much like Shaq Thompson with the the Panthers. The 
Dolphins already had a pretty strong defensive line with Cameron Wake, and they're just adding quite possibly, I think, probably the second best defensive player after J.J. Watt in the league to their team. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Normally, big free energy acquisitions don't pay off, um, but I think, I think this one should. Sue's, Sue's a beast. Uh, mine's, mine's Frank Gore in Gore. Indianapolis. I don't know that Frank Frank has definitely lost a step, but if you look at Indy's last few running backs, he was still good last year, though. He's still good, but I mean, it's definitely an upgrade from Trent Richardson. Gore's going to die ever. No, he's no. going to keep playing. But uh, I mean, they went. They, they had what Trent Richardson last year. Um, who who did they use as their backup? Well, they had a Ahmad Bradshaw to start the year. Yeah, and then that. And that's when they. I think they didn't they trade for Trent last yeah, year. Yeah, they traded for Trent. But Ahmad last Bradshaw year. got hurt. But Ahmad Bradshaw was killing it. Yeah, but I think Frank gives him some stability back there, uh, and, and he knows he's a downfield runner, so uh, well, I think that's the one thing Indianapolis was missing last year on their run was was definitely a run game because they couldn't chew clock at all. It was a screen pass to T.Y. Hilton and hope he gets a couple yards. and yeah. Throw another one on top of your Frank Gore, Andre Johnson. Yeah, another big, big, big acquisition there. Addition for the Colts. Yeah, Possession receiver. It just depends on how much he has left. I think he'll be all right. He's playing with a real quarterback for the first time in his career. And he's, and he's not required to be the star receiver. He's sure. required to be the second guy that's going to get the ball. Yeah, T.Y. is going to draw most of the double teams. That's going to leave Andre one-on-one. That's scary to think about. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have to play the Colts. Yeah. You guys might call this a homer pick for acquisition, but outside of his off-the-field issues, I think Hardy is a huge acquisition for the Cowboys. Yeah. And, it, I mean, that just kind of flips the script on – uh, on on the Cowboys defense, which was maybe you know the defensive line played kind of above their name last year um, for the Cow- for the Cowboys, but now you you put a guy out there um, who's going to draw attention and who can play inside and outside on you know all three downs. Um, it's going to open up some lanes for some of those younger pass rushers uh, like Randy Gregory and and Lawrence and, and some of those guys. So that's, I agree. That's the second biggest. Addition to the Cowboys this offseason. The other one was Sean Lee. I thought the other one was Zach Martin's neck roll. I thought the other one was the subtraction of DeMarco Murray. Addition by subtraction? Well, and okay, I don't know if you want to get into any of this. But, okay, we'll, we'll get to that next, actually. But I mean, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to say like the flip side, like not a great acquisition. Oh, go for it. So for, for Philly, why pay DeMarco that much plus pay the other guys that they have at the running back position? Who knows? And they're still paying... I don't know what Chip Kelly's thinking. And why trade Nick Foles? But a lot of people... I actually think Bradford's better. He's just not going to play. Just like DeMarco, he's not going to play 16. A lot of people, though, are on their knees for for Chip Kelly. What does that mean? Uh, They're praying praising him. They're praying to him. So, I I mean, I don't... I don't know. A lot of people just like see him as like this innovator who's just going to take over the league, but I haven't seen it yet. I mean, no, he won what ten games in the his first season on a in a bad division. I mean, I guess they they won ten last year though too, didn't yeah. they? But Which okay, that's that, that's great and all, but is it sustainable what he's doing? No, I mean also he just well he lost what was another big acquisition for the Chiefs. He lost Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. They replaced it with Nelson Aguilar, but as a rookie. Yeah, they're counting on, and we'll get to this later, I'm sure, but they're counting on a rookie to be their best wide receiver. Uh, they got Jordan Matthews, but he's a second-year player. Right. From? Vanderbilt. Mm. 
Gadgar. Nope. Close. Three fours? <laughs> That's closer. <laughs> Not really. All right, as we wrap, <laughs> wrapped up the uh, the NFL offseason, next let's move into the Cowboys offseason. And is there a changing of the guard in the front office? Next, the other day. I think that's part of leadership is to have some of the guys that have gone before that uh, have been disappointed uh, to share it with everybody involved. For me, it's a reminder. I, too, have been here 23 years. And uh, it is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hope. So I have that perspective. Welcome back to the Everdeckers podcast. This is an NFL preview edition of the podcast. Um, I'm here with Derek and Matt. My name's Drew. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at EpperDeckersPod. Email us, EpperDeckersPod at gmail.com. I thought it was Gmail. We are in the echoey dining room of my house. That's our French, that's our one French listener, our French people, yeah. France, France, yeah. So Matt was, from France, France from France. So Matt was just telling us about why he couldn't talk last night. No, no, it's not that I couldn't talk. I was talking about how I was wanting torchies because I saw somebody with a torchies bag this morning. That's really all I was. I was just saying I was had a craving for torchies. Oh, you wanted and a, you guys a big old saying, burrito in your mouth. Well, no, you guys were saying that I put my big old burrito I where it shouldn't have gone. I did not. Derek thinks it should go there. No. What is well, it? What is the joke? Well. <laughs> what is the joke about hot pockets? Area uh, pocket. That Chip Gaffigan <laughs> says where he says take them out instructions remove from package. Go straight into the toilet. <laughs> like, directly in the toilet. <laughs> All right. Well, the Cowboys uh, had a fairly good offseason. They've been kind of stacking some of those together, uh, and a theory goes that there's a changing of the guard in the front office. Thoughts on that? I've been a proponent of this, I think, for about three years now. I think... Uh, a proponent of doing it or a proponent of the theory that it has <laughs> happened? Well, obviously that, yeah. Big proponent to do it. <laughs> um, no, I've been a big proponent that it happened. I've been saying that three years. I think Jerry's last big move was drafting Mo Claiborne. Trading up and drafting for Mo Claiborne. I think that was Jerry's last... You know, like I said, big move that he made. Free agent signing, trade, draft pick. Um, and I think you've seen the takeover of Stephen Jones and Will McClay. And to a, a lesser extent, Jason Garrett. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you on that. But I'm not one that's going to say that the Cowboys are only doing good in the offseason because Jerry Jones isn't doing anything. I think that the fact that he's letting those guys in is him being a good general manager. No, I think Jerry finally wised up and said, I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to let Steven take over, who's my son. But at the same time, Jerry, who wants all the credit, and I'm fine with Jerry getting all the credit as long as it's winning Super Bowls, but he he didn't make any 
he didn't say anything that he stepped back. So everyone still kind of b- believes he is, but they don't at the same time. There's this, I don't know, there's this mixed perception of who's making a lot of these decisions. But Jerry's definitely the face of the franchise still. And I think that's all he's ever wanted, and that's good. So make everyone think you're doing everything and let everyone else do it. Yeah, who cares as long as it works? Yeah. Really, I mean, we go 12-4 and four every year and get in the playoffs and make a run at the Super Bowl every year. I don't think really think it I matters. Will, yeah, I will gladly say thank you, Jerry, for making all the genius decisions. If that's what he on, wants. We can all be on our knees praising Jerry or whatever that saying is. Winning Rome. <laughs> What a lot of people, what a lot of people have said though, is that behind the scenes, Jerry has always kind of taken the advice of others. He's always really like asking others about stuff. But I think more than anything, what he's doing is he's kind of gotten rid of some of those old guard dudes who were giving him bad advice and brought in and started listening to a new because a, a new group of people. I don't think that Jerry was ever one to just say, no, I don't care what anybody thinks. This is what I'm doing. I think that he just was getting bad advice from other, from people. It's true. You're seeing a different strategy. You know, we've always, like, I always have always done pretty well in the first round. Even, I think, when Jerry was making all the picks. What they really struggled was in that third, fourth, fifth round where whoever was trying to hit a home run with all of those picks was trying to was taking Isaiah Stanback, who played quarterback in college, and wanted to make him a receiver because they thought, oh, this has got to be an all-pro wideout if we just get it together. Or they take B.W. Webb, a corner from William & Mary, thinking, ah, this is our diamond in the rough. Well, now you're seeing them make those changes, and it's Anthony Hitchens, a linebacker from Iowa, a Big Ten school. This year they took Damian Wilson, linebacker, Minnesota, Big Ten school, who had a good season last year. You're seeing them be smarter with those picks, and they're not taking guys that are, are going to be all pros, but they're taking guys that are good depth and are going to be good starters in the league. And they're not making terrible free agency decisions, like That's handing true. out tons of money to a Brandon Carr. They're signing smart, taking little smart players like Jeremy Mincy or the Wake Forest guy, Andrew Gatchkar. Uh, Missouri. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Babe Laufenberg. So all that being said, do you guys want to talk a little bit about some of those acquisitions, some of those moves, draft picks, et cetera? Sure. No. I mean, I think that, yeah, you can just look at the last few years, and there's a reason we went 12-4 and four last year. There's a reason we were able to let DeMarco Murray go this offseason, because we have – we trust in our depth. We trust in – well, when they made another very minimal effect on the salary cap signing of Darren McFadden. You know, they – they're making smarter decisions, and I think it's a lot of Will McClay and Stephen Jones. I think McFadden's going to go off. One, think- one, he's finally fully healthy. This is the first time, and two, he, this is the first time he's ever had an offensive line. Okay, and three, he's not the biggest weapon even at his position. So I think he's just going to go off. I think he's going to run for eight hundred yards and score like ten touchdowns. I agree. I'll say more on that later. We got our Cowboys. Huge preview later on. I got so. Derek's bold predictions. I stole it right there. No, you didn't steal anything there. Demon fads. No, you didn't, you didn't steal anything. Just, just, I'll tease ahead. I quit. Just, just wait. I quit. I'm starting my own podcast. Okay, good. I think I think more, my own mic finally. <laughs> <laughs> more, more than anything, though, I feel like they have a plan. And in the past, I feel like it's a lot of times it's been like, oh, our worst position this this last season was X. We better fill X. And now it's more like, okay, instead of 
our worst position is X fill X. It's we want to spend a certain amount of money at this position, and these are the positions that we're okay spending with. This is okay we're not okay spending money on, and we'll take the best player available at times, but other times we're just going to try to build depth in certain positions. Because throughout the history of kind of the last you know 15 years or so of Cowboys football, they've really overreacted, I think, at times to, 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 it, to having – Good players at positions and having bad players at positions. I mean, passing on the opportunity to draft uh, – who, who did they have? They, they could have drafted LaShawn McCoy or something like that, but they didn't because they had Marion Barber. And it was like, uh, guys, you just, when you have a chance to draft a good player, you do it. So that, that allows you to save money down the line. Yeah, I think for the first time, next draft will be the first time they'll walk in and there you go – there's no glaring weakness on this team. We truly can take the best player available. Scooby. And that's the sign. I mean, that's what the Packers do. The Packers just take, like, whatever falls to them. Like, uh, t- tackle? Okay. Quarterback? Sure. Receiver? Okay. I mean, they don't care because they they know they already have enough, enough depth. The Patriots do the same thing. The Seahawks have gotten to that point. I think, finally, the next draft, the Cowboys will be at that point. The sign of a, of a good front office that you're able to go into a draft and go, eh, let's just kind of pick whoever gets falls to us. It's kind of circular too in that once you get to the point where you can do that, if you decide to do that, then you have the ability to let guys walk and continue to just draft best player available because you're continuing to just kind of fill in everywhere. And you've seen them do that pretty wisely towards, you know, in the middle of the draft. Like they just took Chaz Green in the third round. Why? Well, Doug Free's probably not going to be here very much longer. So we have our next offensive tackle. You know, they they pick up Lyle Collins and go, hey, Ron Leary may not be here next year. It's our next guard to kind of throw into the, the mix. They've they've planned it out where they have, like, the next guy up already on the team. Not, crap, this guy just left the team. We have to replace him. It's, ah, oh, he's already on the squad. He's been in here, and we know what he can do. All right, that uh, that does it for the Cowboys offseason. Minus one major, major thread that kind of filled in the storylines all the way from basically the draft, maybe even before that, until right up until the beginning of the preseason. And we'll get into that next on the Upper Deckers podcast. There's Brian sitting here with the, you know, the legend, Dirt Nowinski, the all-time great. You know, basically, you know, I just wanted to, you know, know how you feel about hosting this nice charity event uh, every it's, year. It's been great. This is my fourth time doing it. Uh, you know, the second sellout, people coming out, all the celebs, you coming out, the Cowboys all coming out to support. We had uh, Tony Romo and Jason Witten last year coming out to support. So that means a lot to me and humbles me, and uh, it's been a great, uh, great event. How's your football game? Uh, you see me on first base, you see how slow I am over there and stiff, so I'm going to stay away from football. You know, they're going to chop me in the knee, and uh, that, that, that's not that's not my sport. You know, well, you know, get around the 10-yard line, toss that fade up. I'll go get it. Coming down every time. I'll go get it. Oh, yeah. How did you develop, you know, the fadeaway shot, the one-step fadeaway shot? Well, it's, you know, you work a lot, you know, every offseason I go home to Germany and 
Uh, it's like every other sport. You got to put in the work, the, the hours the, in, the, in the gym in the summer, uh, tons of repetition, and uh, you know, eventually you get better and better at it. And with experience and, and repetition, uh, it, it took a lot of time, but it's it's a fun little shot. That's pure perfection. Pure perfection. You know, y'all sitting here with Dirk, this got it backwards. Legend, top decks. Ah. Welcome back to the Everdeckers podcast. Matt just told us that he's not a very big Dez fan. Why? <laughs> he's a big jerk. Oh, I see. Because I think AJ Green's better. Okay. Speaking of Des Bryant, it's time to get into Last the major, <laughs> the major storyline of the Cowboys offseason. Is that it? And that is that at the beginning of the offseason, the Cowboys decided to use the franchise tag to create a leverage situation in contract negotiations with Des. Um, there was some back and forth, including Des saying that he would hold out. Uh, and not play in regular season games. It went back and forth, and in the end, what we learned is that deadlines make deals. And they got it done on the last day before he was like every other franchise tag player except the guy who blew his finger off. Exactly. KPP? Yeah. Yeah. But y'all know me. He's still he's still going to be playing for them. Oh yeah, he just had to sign his franchise tag. He just didn't get a long term deal. Yeah, hard to sign. He has not have half a hand. Yeah, he has true. nine fingers now. Well, he actually has seven fingers. Seven fingers. Two couple thumbs. Of, couple of thumbs. One for your butt. One for your mouth. What? You can use the same one if you want. Interesting to know about you, Matt. <laughs> it's not how you guys sleep. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. Mm-mm. It's better than a body tour. <laughs> oh, so All right, just tell us about the Des Rolling Stone article, please. Y'all didn't read it? I can't believe y'all didn't read it. Uh, I read a synopsis of it, but I know that you spent the time reading the whole... I'll subscribe to magazines. It was, it's what is a magazine? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm a millennial, bro. <laughs> you know, I thought it did a great job of talking about because. I know. Lord. I know. Des Bryant. He's tuned it on the air. That's not a two, man. He's shat himself. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I heard it. Yeah, that un- unsuspected bass. Yeah, the unsuspected bass <laughs> that just happened in the microphone. I'm all about that, that was bass. Drew shitting him. Yeah, we we know. Um, I, I you know I've known Des's past from what 2010. Uh, his history at, at Oklahoma State, and uh, I worked for. The Avalanche Journal at the time back then, so I covered Brighter Des. I'm just saying I was in that area and I got to cover Des for a couple of years and <laughs> anyway, it's a good wide receiver and it was a good article. Oh my oh, god. Oh, come on. Man. Butter like Drew. You do the same damn thing to me every podcast. That's true. Never never make fun of your I didn't passion. I said bragger. I was just saying that you weren't bragging. That was a man. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit me right out of here. I <laughs> know, uh, but I thought this article uh, did a good job about talking about Des not as the football player. 
Right. Uh, Des is the human being and all the stuff he went through and how his, uh, basically his dad is also his grandfather type of thing, uh, which is a weird scenario. That was, it took me a while when I heard people talk about that. I had to like write it down like, how is that? And then I finally figured it out. It took a while. Horrible scenario and the fact that like there were nights where he would go to bed without eating uh, because they, he just, I mean, couldn't. And there were so many of them in the house and there's drugs and everything else everywhere and. Mom, his mom's what, like 15 years older than him? Yeah, it, it's amazing to see, one, that he got out alive. Right. Two, that he's such a down-to-earth guy. Right, I mean, because we saw him at, obviously we've talked yeah, about this. we're like best friends with him now. Yeah, yeah. We saw him he at, calls they, me on the reg. Yeah. saw him at Gloria's, right? And he just seems like a, he just seems like a nice, genuine person. Yeah. Now, I'm sure if you cross him, he'll probably stab you or something, but... That's just how he was brought up. Well, I'll do that too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but it but it really went into a lot of depth about his relationship with his mother and all that cool stuff. And uh, I thought I thought it did a good job of showing who Des really is outside of Des the pass catcher. I liked when they talked about the uh, see. I've only heard people talk about it. I never read it, but I know that there's part of it in there. How he talked about uh, if Jerry didn't offer him a contract, he had no problems going back to. Being where he was, like, I've been there before, I can do it again, which I doubt that uh, he, he really to. wants to do that. Right. Uh, I don't think he would, but I think I knew all along Dez was going to sign a contract. I mean, the guy was at OTAs, fooling around. Like, you could tell the guy wasn't going to miss a game, and that was, that was a bluff. But I also knew that the Cowboys were going to, they were going to settle on something at the last minute. The, the franchise tag, like we just said, I mean, the Patriots got it done with Goskowski, the Broncos got it done with uh, Demarius Thomas. Chiefs got it done with Houston. I mean, everybody got their franchise deal tag deal done. So I, like I said, I I only read some synopsis type stuff of the article, and what I gathered from that, and you can kind of tell me if I'm if I'm right or wrong on this map, but what I kind of gathered was that this article was sort of a uh, a mouthpiece for Des in contract negotiations or that's what it was sort of intended to be by him and his representation in that if the deal didn't get done uh and he was having to sit out game and he was going to go through with sitting out games that this was sort of the piece that was going to come out right around that time so that the fans weren't just on his behind about why you know why are you doing this and it would it kind of went through explaining his side of the story and it's kind of interesting to me that even after the deal got done, they went ahead and just published it as as is. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't get much of the contract talk out of it, except for the beginning when they talk about Jay Z and all that stuff, which I think is really why this article was published. Um, but I thought once you got past that, uh, like I said, the insight about his about his mom and his upbringing, how she used to like throw car batteries and shit at him and yeah. And like he they eat like potato chips and he'd be lucky if he got a hot pocket. Hot, hot pocket. And how he had to like steal pads when he was Yeah, that was a, that, that's the only reason he got into football was he had to he went to go try out and they said you have to bring your own like pads. Ladies pads or No 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 like like shoulder pads. Uh-huh. And they had to, they said he had to bring his own pads and his mother, Angela couldn't afford them, and so they just happened to be walking by, and like there were some pads out on the street or whatever, like in a dumpster. I can't remember exactly what it said. It was in the back of a trailer, I or think, something, or something like that, or whatever. And he just like 
stole these pads and then showed up at practice and then yeah, the rest is history. Now yeah, he's I mean, they, probably the most important part of the Cowboys offense. Well, and the, they, there's an excerpt, excerpt in there about him being it was like ten years ago. There's footage of him playing in high school, and that was what a 16, 17 year old. Now he just looks unstoppable. Yeah, like he's just catching balls and just running over people. I mean, that's why did he choose LSU? You know, did they in there? I don't think they. I don't. Didn't I don't know if they that. would really went into that, but wasn't he? Because wasn't he a four or five star? Prospect or was he not that highly rated? Well, but his pants really got him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's why you had to kind of settle on OU. But I know Soto, he, was, right? he was really close, really close to Mike Gundy. Okay. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. That's kind of how the recruiting process goes. You never know. Lufkin, right? Lufkin. Okay. You, you never know how how those relationships are going to kind of build out and, and, and all of that. And, and – you know, like I just said a few seconds ago, um, in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's mind, he is probably the most important player on the Cowboys offense in that he, what he can do can change the way a defense plays. Did you guys hear his uh, interview, sideline interview with Michael Irvin in the preseason game the other night? I did not. It's pretty interesting because like, he, he got really in-depth. Probably, definitely because it was Irvin right. who was interviewing him. There's no way, like, cause Bill Jones and Babe Laufenberg were up there. Like, he wasn't answering their questions. Yeah. He was, like, directing everything to Michael Irvin. Right. But he had some, it was pretty enlightening. And I think the best part, he got me pumped up for the season. Talking about how he, all he does is daydream. And then he said he night dreams about winning the Super Bowl. I daydream and night dream. Yeah. But then uh, night, man. he said... I'm not going to dive into the end zone anymore. I'm just going to run it in. Leave no doubt. Talk about when, uh, the Green Bay game. Nice. I'll make sure uh, refs don't screw them over again. Well, I know that I'm excited for this season. I think you guys really are. Um, our last couple segments on this episode of the Epidecker's Podcast uh, will include... Um, or last three segments, I'm sorry. will include... Um, I was looking into the Dallas Cowboys specifically, um, our NFL predictions. But coming up next, uh, on the verge of the beginning of the season, some people are still getting into their their drafts, um, and others are, are looking to set their lineups for Week One. Let's talk fantasy football next on the Upper Deckers podcast. Oh, thank you. Oh, look how nice that is. Thank you very much. Taco, awesome. you're up. Your you pick. still thinking about football. Come hey, on, man. Just come pick. On. Joffrey Reynolds. Who is Joffrey Reynolds? Running back, Calgary Stampeders. It's really good. Taco. NFL. It's NFL players only, okay? What's, I don't are understand it. Dude, great party, right? You guys having fun? Is this yeah, a party or a draft? <laughs> Who are these people? Who it's are these? both. Just pick, Taco. Come on. Uh, fine. Uh... Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles. Good pick. Darren Good job. Sproles, no. No, 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 no. That's who I was going to pick. Who cares? He picked Darren Sproles. He could have picked Bill Shatner. He doesn't know what the difference is. Right, you're listening to the Upper Deckers podcast. Just cover a little bit of the uh, Cowboys offseason, the NFL offseason. Before we get into season predictions, season analysis, let's talk a little about fantasy football. Fantasy, fantasy? <laughs> no, not fantasy, fantasy. Not today. 
Real fantasy, yes. This is a sports podcast. Wait, say that again. Real fantasy? Real fantasy? Uh-huh. Let's talk about real fantasy. Just had our fantasy draft the other night, and I got the steal of the draft. Who's with, that? Uh, Tom Brady in the 12th round, because at that time he was suspended. Now he's not. Hey, you guys want to hear who's on my fantasy team? Yep. The answer to that question is always go to hell. <laughs> oh. I'm interested. I am too. Who do you think your best player is? Uh, Outside of your wow, top three rounds. Wow, that was really rounds. loud. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the top three rounds. Outside of the top three Let's rephrase the question. What do you think was your best pick? Who's not necessarily your best player? What was your best pick? Who did I draft again? Oh my god. Do you not sleep and dream about fantasy football? No, I don't. loser. Um, I don't know. Uh, Duke Johnson late might end up being a good pickup. Second mention on this podcast. <laughs> what did you do, Duke Johnson? Miami. Uh, who else? Who else did I pick? Oh, Tyler Lockett late. I think that might turn out to be pretty good. He he had a touchdown the other night. Yeah, you want to trade uh, Teddy for Tyler Lockett? Oh, no, I'm okay. All right. I'm okay. I got Cam. I got Cam Newton. <laughs> you do have Cam Newton. I don't know if you're okay, but you do have Cam Newton. All right, so let's talk about... We play in a, a PPR league... For those, well, if you don't know what that means, you probably are skipping over the segments. I'm not going to explain it. People skip over segments? You can. There's a fast forward option. Yeah. Do you? I, I skip all the parts where Matt's talking and just get uh, to like me. Yep. More me. No, more That's me. what I do too. Whoa. Is that skip, a voice crack? You skip all your parts. I skip all my parts <laughs> to get to other people's parts. I prefer other people's parts. That's So do I. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's nice of you, Matt. Yeah. Weird of you, Drew. <laughs> but in in our, I think we all had a similar strategy the other night, and we wanted to load up on receivers. It's PPR league receivers and and, and running backs, I guess, but uh, mainly I win, receivers. In particular, I win that battle, by the way. In particular, I wanted three receivers off the top, and I couldn't do that because our league wised up and took receivers this year. They watch what we do, so maybe one year we should like really just, just tank, tank our draft strategy. Tank. And then end up just trying to like pick up people off the scrap heap and, and make a run at it. And then the next year, everybody will tank and we'll walk. Well, in my away. work in my work league, uh, Aaron Rodgers was off the board with the fourth pick, fifth pick. That's about how it was for us too. Yeah, and like six or seventh in our by team. the third round, I was the only one without a quarterback. Perfect. And I didn't have. I only had one running back too. I only had Lamar Miller. No, I didn't. I didn't have a running back till my fifth pick. And Lamar Miller. And the only reason I did it that she, long... Huh? What? She's, <laughs> she's the head running back for the Miami Dolphins. Who is she? So, by the so. 12th round, nobody else needed a quarterback, and Drew Brees was still on the board. Mm. Well, see, that's so what, that was my steal in my work league, was to pick up Drew Brees in the 12th round. That's what I ran into in our draft, was that I, like... I. Stuck, I stuck around. I was waiting, waiting, waiting to get a quarterback, and then all some people started drafting their second quarterback, and I, I was like, uh... No need to panic on quarterbacks. Justin Perry, full name, because I wanted to listen to this podcast. He uh, he won our league last year, our work league, and this year panicked. He did a lot of panic picks because everybody was taking quarterbacks and uh, running backs. I mean, they he panicked and ended up with Matt Ryan in the fifth round. In the fifth round? Yeah. Ugh. All right, not good. And I think he has a horrible receiving core. My assessment. (laughs) Neat good. All right, so there's a little bit 
on some strategies. Let's talk about some guys that you guys uh, feel are ready for the breakout year, whether that's both in just the NFL and but also for fantasy. Who's who's someone that you're kind of seeing as a sleeper, Matt? In the NFL? No, nah, for fantasy. Who's someone you're kind of oh. been waiting on and you think's ready to explode for a big year? Who's the rugby player? Jared Haney. I think he'll have a decent year, but no. I don't know that he'll... He's got nothing. He'll be like a good return, man, but he's not going to play otherwise. I was joking. I'm a, big, um, I'm a big fan of Charles Johnson, the receiver in Minnesota. As you'll as I, you'll see, just you know, I love Teddy Bridgewater, and you'll see later on. I'm kind of all in on Minnesota. Little, little tease right there, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's not a tease. You just told us. No, he touched me. Yeah. Okay. I'm all in on uh, Charles Johnson. I think Teddy's going to have a huge year. Big Chuck. Uh, if you looked at kind of the last few games of of last season, uh, Charles Johnson was. I think getting at least five catches a game, about 70 yards, and got a touchdown. Um, you know, averaging about that. And I think he's he's ready to do that for all 16 this year. Uh, they got Peterson back. It's going to open things up in the passing game. So I think Charles Johnson's a big breakout candidate. Uh, I think, well, I think you have a lot of rookies that are big breakout candidates. Uh, I think Tevin Coleman, who might get all the touches in, in uh, Atlanta, Todd Gurley, when he comes back, uh, I think both of those guys are going to go out. Like I said, Duke Johnson earlier could be, by week two, the starting running back in Cleveland. I think rookie running backs are going to start taking this over a little bit. And you'll get back to where we were 10 years ago, where running backs ruled the draft. You see, I think the last couple of years, the last two years we've had rookie receivers really perform well, which is a rare thing. It's kind of been before that. It took about three seasons, and that third season is when you really wanted to draft those guys high. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see that again uh, this year? Some some rookie receivers break out, and if so, who are those names we're watching? If, if they don't keep getting hurt, it seems like every rookie second year guy is getting hurt. Yeah. Kevin mm-hmm. White done for the year. And Rashad Perriman's out Rashad for a while. Rashad Perriman, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, you know, Jordy Nelson. I mean, he's not like you know, super second or third year guy, but. It's probably his second or third year of good fantasy. Do we have an Odell Beckham lurking? I don't know that we have that. Um, Or even a Kelvin Benjamin lurking. Mike Evans? Second year, though. I know, but you're talking the first couple years. I'm saying, do we have a rookie who can do what a Mike Evans did last year? Oh, I I don't know about that. I guess maybe in Philly's offense, um, Aguilar or whatever. Aguilar, yeah. Yeah. um, Hi, dog. Um... Tyler Lockett, I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I know that Seattle doesn't really throw the ball around a lot, but he could be a top one or two option for them. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know it's hard to say, but we just we, it's been weird that rookie receivers have had such great seasons, and just don't know if it'll continue this year. Mari Cooper might have the best chance, but he's getting drafted pretty high. And on that note, who are some other overvalued players that you guys see, guys who you think are getting drafted a little too high? Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, um, Matt Forte. Okay, I agree with Peyton. What did he say a couple of weeks ago? He can't even feel his hand. Yeah, I think they're in trouble. Yeah, I'm. I'm not big on Denver this year. Another guy I think who's been way overvalued for the past success is Jimmy Graham. He's getting moved. He's moving to a team that's not going to feature him as much. You know, the Saints he's turned into a blocker. Yeah, the Saints. I mean, he was their number one guy. Um, 
on on the Seahawks, it's Lynch. Marshawn. Marshawn is the number one option there. I know I'm not, I'm not talking about the passing game, but Jimmy Graham, running back, receiver, tight end, whatever, he was their first option. He's just not going to get the same workload um, this year. And like you said, he's going to be asked to block a lot more. Honestly, he played receiver with the Saints. Right. And he's actually going to have to play tight end now. I think he's – I wasn't a big fan of that trade for Seattle. DeMarco? Overvalued because he's not going to play as many games this season. I think well, so. But I think but he's I think... handcuffed more than anything. I don't think it's about him getting injured or anything like that. I think he's handcuffed in, in Philly's offense. Because I think Darren Sproles is still going to get touches. And I, and I think Ryan Matthews is going to get a bigger workload uh, than people expect. All right, now let's flip the script. Who's, and this kind of goes with some, some breakout candidates. Breakouts, I guess, was more just guys way late. Who are some guys who are undervalued? Um, at this point in time, where, where you thought, man, I'm sitting on this guy and getting him really late. I mean, Brady was kind of undervalued um, for me. Who's someone else? that you, You've done multiple drafts, Matt. So you got yeah, I think um, one of mine, let's see, like I bring up my, my work one. That was just a buck, like a whole. They're just bad <laughs> people at drafting. Uh, Latavius Murray, though, okay. I, I think he very undervalued. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a premier back yeah. in Oakland. He's going to get all of the carries. Uh, so I think that one's, a, that one's a big pick. I also think Michael Floyd uh, from Arizona, a lot of people are undervaluing that pick. He's in his second, third year. Uh, and Larry Fitzgerald's only getting older. And now you have John Brown over there who's proven himself to be able to spread the field. I think Michael Floyd gets a lot of catches. Yeah, sorry. We'll jump back to overvalued. Larry Fitzgerald, definitely overvalued. Oh, yeah. Uh, Floyd, under, Floyd and Brown are passing him on that depth chart. Yeah. Undervalued. Um, the execution of kind of maximizing this undervaluing of this player will be difficult because you don't really. It's going to be kind of spotty. But Cole Beasley, I think, yeah, I think he's going to put up some good touchdown numbers he this year. More of a little bit of a breakout, right? But but I think it's going to be difficult to execute that because you never really know when he's going to. Yeah, if you look though at the last you know three or four games and then including the playoffs, he was starting to get at least five catches a game for the league we play in with PPR. That's huge. I mean, that's five points right there. With even if he got no yards in every single one of those catches. Yeah. So. I think I think the biggest one that people undervalue, and I know this sounds silly because because of his track record, but because he might play for nine teams this year, uh, but Percy Harvin. I, th- mm-hmm. I think I think in the right offense, yeah, and we'll Buffalo see. might have it. Uh, that if you know he still he could still be a dynamic player if he gets the ball. I mean, you never know. To me, big undervalued this year is veteran wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Colston, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Roddy White, Jericho Cotchery. Not Jericho Cotchery. Somebody's alarm went off. Uh, Jericho Cotchery is the second wideout of the Panthers. Of the Panthers. I still don't. But he's the, he's he's the only veteran they got. We'll see. But I think a lot of people, like especially with Anquan, um, don't realize how much production he Anquan had. Anquan Yeah, how much production he had last year. Um, these guys are still producing. They're not. They're not like the sexy pick. They're not the exciting pick that uh, taking Allen Robinson is, and taking like, oh, this guy's going to be the next top five because. Bolden's not going to be a top 10. But is he going to be top 20? Yeah, he probably will. And so he's a steady performer you can rely on. What about Eric Decker? I think Eric Decker. Brandon Marshall, either one of those guys. I think both of those are, well, not so much 
Marshall, but I think Decker, yeah. You have to have a quarterback to throw you the ball. I think Decker's undervalued, though, because at some point, like, because he still performed last year, and if, if he's not getting picked in the top eight rounds, he's just a end-of-the-bench guy, so, and he still put up some numbers last year. He's a talented receiver. What about Mohamed Sanu? He only had value last year when AJ Green was hurt. So. Keenan Allen. I'm not big on Keenan Allen. Malcolm Ford. Okay, now we're just gonna go through everybody. I'm gonna take a hard pass on doing that. But coming up next, it's what everyone. Jeff Janis. It's what everyone's been waiting for. It's my bold predictions for the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, here with tonight's top 10 list from Florida State University, your 2013 Heisman Trophy winner, Jameis Winston. Come on out and here we go. I'd like to see everybody on this program in a tuxedo. Would that, what would be so wrong with that? Look at how good that guy looks. I think the audience appreciates it. Congratulations to uh, Jameis Winston, uh, 19 years old, uh, Florida State Seminoles. Okay, here we go. Top 10 things. Number 10. Here we go. Is this about football? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Top 10 things you hear in the huddle. Uh, number nine. One of the guys is shoving me. That's right. <laughs> number eight. Who's wearing perfume? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unusual. These are unusual things. Number seven. Let's win this for Kim Jong-un's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. Is anybody here a notary public? Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Hey, we match. <laughs> That's to be a very unusual thing here. Number four. Ugh, grass stains. Yeah. Number three. Guys, I'd rather be alone right now. Yeah. <laughs> just stand over there. Number two. Crap, wrong team. Yeah, you don't. That's a bummer. And the number one unusual thing to hear in a football huddle. How many of you guys won the Heisman? <laughs> Back to the Epidemic's podcast. I'm Drew here with Matt and Derek. Thanks for listening. It's now time to get into what we are most excited about in this upcoming NFL season. That is the Dallas Cowboys. And we will start off with Derek's bold prediction. All right. Prediction number one. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Can you do that for the next one, too? Yeah. Okay. Prediction number two. Not yet. Oh, go back to the first one. All right. Prediction number one. 
All right, first prediction has to do with injuries. Much Road like, to prediction. Much like last year with Romo, I'm going with <laughs> my first bold prediction. Sean Lee will miss no more than two games this season. Okay, that's bold because I can see him missing zero games, but if he gets injured, I think he's done for the season. I don't know. I, well, I'm just saying he's. I don't see him getting any type of big injury. Okay. I think if he... He, I'm saying he's going to either miss zero, one, or two games. Okay. He's not going to miss much time. He's going to be... <laughs> wow, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Prediction number two. <laughs> no, I think, I think Sean Lee will stay healthy this year, which is much... And I think a big reason he's moving to weak side linebacker. He's not going to be t- playing middle linebacker anymore, or he's going to have as much contact. Block, he's not going to be taking on as many blockers. He's going to be able to roam free a little more and make plays. And, and they I, have substitutes. And they have a lot of substitutes, like the guy from Wake Forest, Kyle Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got Gatchkar. They, from Wake Forest. They've yes. got Gatchkar, <laughs> and they've got McLean when he comes back, and, and Hitchens, and Brinkley, and Hitchens, Hitch and Wilson. Brinkley, yeah, I mean, they've got a whole Will Smith. Sort of, yeah, no, I think it's Kevin. The high robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's bold. No, the introduction. Oh. Misfire. Bold prediction number one, Sean Lee. Bold prediction number two. He's so good at this. Do you do voiceover work? <laughs> I, I should do voiceover work. All right, prediction number two, the Dallas Cowboys defense will be top five in sacks this season. Ha-ha! <laughs> That's bold! <laughs> we talked about earlier, and Drew mentioned one of the biggest acquisitions of the offseason, Greg Hardy. Um, the Cowboys also got one of the steals of the draft in Randy Gregory. Demarcus Lawrence, who missed the first half of last season and really took a while to get going, but showed really well in the playoffs, will be there. Jeremy Mincy is here. Tyrone Crawford was a beast last season. Nick Hayden? I don't think Nick Hayden's one of the guys who's going to get sacks, but I think Nick Hayden's a solid uh, player in the middle. Um, we have a lot of young defensive ends who... Are, some have shifted over to D-Town. I think Jack Crawford has moved. Now we've got Crawford and Crawford at the three-tech. You've got uh, some position flex in there, too. Exactly. Which, and I think what's been most exciting, good. you saw it a lot in that third preseason game, was the package on third and long, obviously passing down, when they have Gregory and Hardy at the ends. Oh, no, sorry. They had Gregory and Lawrence on the ends. Yeah, Hardy and, and then Hardy in the middle. Hardy and Crawford in the middle. Oh, my God. That is scary. If you don't know Crawford's name yet, you will by the end of the season. That's my Jack or Tyrone? Both. Jack's from England. <laughs> That's bold. Jack the Ripper Crawford. Nice. Just made that up. Pet names. Bold prediction number two. Cowboys defense. Bold prediction number three. And this is what I said uh, when you kind of talked about Darren McFadden earlier, that you were kind of teasing ahead to, to a bold prediction. This may be the boldest of them all, but the Dallas Cowboys will have two 1,000-yard rushers. Ha-ha! <laughs> That's the boldest of them all! <laughs> I think Joseph Randall and McFadden are both going to get uh, a heavy workload. That's why I kind of, going back to fantasy, was a little afraid to take either of them because I, I think they're going to both get quite a few carries. But I think they're both all going to have weeks where you're going to want to start them. They're going to have uh, big, big weeks. I think they both rush for 1,000. This offensive line is insanely good. Um, even our backups are good, like Lyle Collins. Um, 
I think we're going to see a lot of split carries. McFadden looked awesome in that third preseason game. He had he what, also had some bigger holes in that than like Joseph four Randall. for thirty mm-hmm. something. <laughs> Randall, but Randall also showed up a lot last year, and I think he averaged what eight yards a carry. I know that's on a really small uh, workload and small sample size, but he has the ability. And this is, goes back to the whole meat on the bone thing. I think the thing is that Randall has much better big playability than DeMarco did, and I think still the McFadden. I think McFadden and Randall both have much bigger playability. I think you're going to see a handful of 60-yard touchdowns from Randall this season. Can we talk about that for just a second? Sure. I mean, the bull predictions are done, so we can move into the running game if you want. Okay. <laughs> and that's it for the bold of the bold. Oh. Try it, again. Take try, two. Try again on the wrap-up. Bold prediction number three. Running backs run wild. That's it for being bold. <laughs> that was, I like how you wrapped up the third bold prediction. <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> All right, you so need to, you need to like get a like a barbecue sauce voiceover. It's like you know oh, a lot yeah. of barbecue sauce say like ah, we're bold. Matt's barbecue sauce. Yeah. Now that's bold. <laughs> it's like ghost pepper. <laughs> All right, Drew, what are your thoughts on the run? So, you never see it, and then it gets there, and you're like, ah, that's spicy. So what I think the Cowboys... <laughs> ah, that's spicy. <laughs> so what I think the Cowboys running game is going to miss this or year. because it's like a ghost because you never see it, and then you finally taste it, and you choke. Okay, yeah. And then you're a ghost. <laughs> yeah. That's bold. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. All right, so the running game. What I do think that the, that the Cowboys will miss not having DeMarco around is the ability to turn those one or two yard gains in, or losses into one or two yard gains. DeMarco is really good about just falling forward and getting a couple of yards when there's nothing there. But what I think that they are going to gain this year is exactly what you said. When DeMarco would break through the line, uh, the first level of, of defense, he would end up, you know, just trying to basically truck stick the first. You know, defensive back that he, he came couldn't across. be a safety to save his life. Right. What they are going to have with Joseph Randall and with Jeremy McFadden this year is the ability to, first of all, have those gaping holes that the offensive line is going to provide. Yeah. And then they're going to have the ability to make a man miss and go to the house. How many times do you guys remember seeing DeMarco break through the line and take it to the house? Now, Ma- DeMarco, he didn't do it. Not, not unless he was inside the 20. No, you know he he's just not a guy. He was not a big play back. He's what you said. He was a a back who could turn little things into decent gains, and he was really good at, in the open field of running people over. Uh, he's really good at when he got kind of into that the second level there of running over a linebacker. But he got to a safety. He tried to run the safety over too, and the safety just they just slowed him down, and eventually. He's just, he didn't have big playability. Yeah, he runs two contact as, a, yeah. as opposed to a front. Well, contact. you're going to see Randall McFadden just blow past guys this year. And the thing is, is that a lot of people are saying like, oh, you know, you're losing, like what I said, you're losing the ability to not have negative runs, basically. You're losing this, being able to go out there and get four yards every single time you run the ball. But the thing is, is the whole meat on the bone aspect of this is that you can afford to have a couple of no gains if you're going to take off for 40 or 50-yard well, TD runs every once that, in a while. That's the true test of a running team, right? I mean, you, you go and your your first three runs are, you know, minus two and then three yards and then four yards and then a minus one and another three yards, right? But the true test is sticking with it so that 
in the second, third, fourth quarter, you can then say, okay, yeah, we've got these little carries. We're averaging four yards a carry. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we hit two home run balls. And you're but that's the big thing about having this great offensive line, though, is that you're not going to see that many negative carries. You're not going to see that many one or two yard gains just because this offensive line. I mean, what uh, that? Good guy, get your running backs right. Demarco led the league last year in yards before contact, right? Like two to three yards before he would even get touched. I mean, that's what this offensive line does. And so there's nothing there's nothing about that that you can that you can attribute to the running back. Yards yeah. before contact is not a running back. So stat. as long as Randall and, and McFadden know, hey, don't try to dance around and get the big games every time. Those will come eventually. But you got to just fall forward for four yards on occasion. As long as they know to do that, the running game is going to be perfectly fine. And this team now has a defense. Speaking of the defense, we had a major injury. Yeah, rest in peace, Orlando Skandrick. Orlando Skandrick died in a knee accident. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He had a high knee. He had a high knee, high knee. And now his high knee is suffering. High knee sprain. And so his funeral was last Wednesday. I believe, yeah. Yeah. So Skandrick is out for the season with a knee injury. Mo Claiborne is, Mo Claiborne is going over. to take over his spot. So the Cowboys are, are now going to go 6-10. and 10. <laughs> I agree. Mostly when has to play, we're screwed. Notice he was not a bold prediction. I wasn't that bold. He's not bold. <laughs> I wasn't that bold to predict that Mokley won't have a breakout year. Oh, but he doesn't have to have a breakout year. I think I think that yes, Skandrick was our best defensive back over the last handful of years. Yes, you're not gonna be able to replace him. But in much the same way that the Cowboys are trying to replace the production of DeMarco Murray with Two, three guys. Can't they replace a good portion of the production of Skandrick with two, three, four guys? Yeah, and I'm I'm much more excited for Patman and uh, Corey White to take over than I am for. Yeah, I don't know what the Saints for Skandrick. What the the Saints had a problem with? Well, they tried to White. play him what at safety last year. I just year? Don't, I don't get it. The guy's an athlete. Just watching him in the preseason, I'm like, this guy's a brick wall out there. I think the other thing was though, he was their like second best corner, and you're looking at him being. Fifth best, fourth best on this team. So like the expectations just aren't as high. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's true. I don't know. Like they were asking him to cover better players, and also their defense just sucked. And we know that if you got a bad defensive line, you got bad other corners, you're gonna look worse than you are. You go out there and play with better players, you're gonna look like a better player. That's just that's just how it works. And you also in any sport, you just brought up a point that that no, kind of will, will play into replacing Skandrick is that. It's not just trying to replace his production with other defensive backs. You're also replacing some of his production by getting pressure on the quarterback. And if the Cowboys are able to get a lot of good pressure on the quarterback, you don't have to defend as long in the secondary, and you have a little bit more leeway. Yeah. So that's that's something the Cowboys haven't done since 2012 is put pressure on quarterbacks. Yep. Plus, you have Byron Jones, who has a lot of position flex back there. This is the last thing I wanted to cover. I mean, you guys may have something else, but... Does that mean when you're done, you're just going to walk away? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I want to give you my right. NFL predictions, too. So I'll and stick, then we're going to talk for a little bit about... I'll stick around. Stuff. But, um, Oops. <laughs> I was hanging out with Cookie Monster yesterday. How's he doing? Weird, man. He's being real weird. Is he... Was he high? He was real high. And he was That's real a terrible angry. question. 
real touchy-feely. I'm sorry. The better question lap. was, was he sober? He was not sober. <laughs> That's a good question. He was right sitting there. on my lap a lot. On your lap. All right, let's yep. let's get into this. So, especially this is a no nonsense football podcast. Was, no, we can have some nonsense, but now we're getting just he too. Was talking far. a lot of shit about Kermit the Frog. All right, and Oscar. So the expectations for the Cowboys, big, big friends with Oscar, are pretty high. Is that fair to say? There's a lot of people don't just expect them to win the division, but expect them to win more than that. Yeah. And there's been the, whether it's true or false, the uh, belief that when the Cowboys have these big expectations, they fail. Well, I don't know where that came from, but yeah. Well, but that, that's something that people say. that When the Cowboys have success, they get big heads, and they don't live up to the expectations. Which I guess you could say they don't necessarily live up to high expectations recently because they haven't done anything. They haven't followed up good season with a better season. Also, so I guess the, the, the people set way too high expectations for that. That's true. But I guess it's somewhat fair to say. Well, that's because we end up going like 8-8, eight 8-8, and 8-8, eight, 8-8, eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight, 12 and 4, 13 and 3 or whatever. If we had like an 8-8 eight and, eight, and then like a 10 and 6 and then like a 12 and 4... Like, yeah, we're starting to do something here, but no, we just decided we're going to go eight and eight, nine and seven, straight till like thirteen and three, and then we come back and we go ten and six. You're like, oh, that sucked. So I guess my my question is then, what makes this team different from those teams, and that they can improve upon? Not necessarily maybe the twelve and four record, but they can improve upon winning in that divisional playoff round and getting to the conference championship or getting to the Super Bowl. How is this team different than? And I'm not saying in terms of how they're built, but in their shirts. Sure. Three things. One, Tony Romo. I think I think Tony Romo He's been there. He's been right, there the whole time. Right. But healthy Tony Romo. A healthy Tony Romo who is who is on the same page with his coordinator and his head coach and has time to throw. That's number one. Number two is a it is an established culture. I think you have, you're we're a handful of years into the Jason Garrett era, and there is an established culture on this team. And number three is the strength of this team is in the trenches, and that's that's a team that a team that has their strength in the trenches on offense and defense is a team who's going to be able to withstand a lot. I think this team is is different than those teams because this isn't one that let all those newspaper clippings and those headlines and what everyone was saying about them get to their head and go, oh, yeah, we are this good. It's going to be a walk in the park. We'll get back to where we were, and we'll make that next step. I think this team is pissed off about what happened in Green Bay. They're pissed off, and they say they got screwed over, and we're never letting that happen again. We're going to prove you wrong. I think this is a big, like, we're about to prove you wrong season. Mm -hmm. And to me, it all starts with Dez. I think that is the vocal leader on this team. And I think Witten and Romo back him up in that. But I think everyone follows, has that Des mentality of that was BS and we're about to go ape ass on you. I think it has to do with stability. I think if you look at our team and you think, okay, who did we lose? Only person we really lost was DeMarco Murray. Everybody else has still been there. All these other years, yeah, we had the last time we had this big talk, right, was when T.O. Was around and that Wade Phillips. So, but back then, who were our other wide receivers besides T.O.? Patrick Creighton. Miles Austin. Miles Austin, right? But, well, I think the biggest thing there was you lost your head coach. 
Okay. I think your biggest thing by then was you had a head coach who probably shouldn't have been a head coach. I think what you said, Jason Garrett's established a culture, and I think Garrett's a big reason that this thing might, which is crazy, because a year ago today I was not saying that. It's amazing what a 12-4 season will, will do. Yes, it is. You guys want to come back with our roll, with our prediction? Not our bold prediction. Yeah, we already did those. <laughs> that was bold. <laughs> Just our predictions. Yeah, let's game by game. And not done. not just the Cowboys. We're doing everything. We're going game by game. No, we're not. Stick All the right now. Uh, you guys know him. He's a five-time pro bowler. He is the NFL championship running back. The world knows him as number 24, Marshawn Lynch. How you doing, Big Daddy? How you doing, sweetheart? I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Because we're talking it. Skittles, and we couldn't talk Skittles without talking about you. Right, man. You couldn't talk Skittles without talking about the kid. No. no. I want to talk about you, though, the, like, the level of love for Skittles. So like, it's not just know. like... Like, you're not just dating Skittles. Like, you love Skittles. <laughs> we intimate. <laughs> you love the Skittles? We, we, we done became one. When we show you how it was done? Yeah. Now we won. Now you're one? Now we won. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about this. So, like, if you go to a party. Right. And you know there's not one Skittle in the house. Not one? You're staying home? I'm gone. Really? I'm gone. You see a cute lady, a woman. Mm -hmm. You say, I think I might like to date her. Okay. But you find out she doesn't like Skittles. She's sour. She not she not sweet enough. Welcome back to the Upper Decker Podcast. I'm Garrett. <laughs> and I'm Matt. And alongside us is Drew. So next we're gonna do our NFL predictions. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Alright, so now we, we've, we've talked about what we expect. That's the best thing we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> we've talked about what we expect from the Cowboys, but we didn't talk about um, how we think they will fare. But we'll do the NFC East last year. Let's start with the AFC. Yeah. Let's start in the uh, North. The AF well, how do you want to do this? Drew, you want to go through your. What are we going to do, Matt? Matt, you want to go through your NF AFC division winners and wildcard, and then we'll do Drew and then me, and then we can move to the NFC. Let's do that. Sure. Uh, so, so go ahead, Matt. Start on the AFC East. Okay, AFC. I was going to end with the AFC East. I do it however you want. Okay. I was going to go AFC North because I think that's the one of the easier ones to predict. Uh, the first time through, since you're kind of our expert on all this, will you run through, say, all the teams in the in each division? You and then down the spot, did you? Yeah. I got to name all 32 do teams it. now. I dare you. I, I dare you. That was bold. That was real. <laughs> this is going to be bold. All right, uh, so, so AFC North, uh, as you guys know, or should know, or will know now, uh, you have the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and oh wait, Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. Correct. Okay, four for four. Four. Foul for foul. Any hooser? Uh, I think Pittsburgh is by far uh, the most Im uh, impressive team. Uh, out of that whole division, so I think they take that take that division. I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere close. I think Cleveland's going to upset some people, but they're going to upset the wrong people. Like upset, and they're, they're going to make them angry. Or like I think they're going to end up beating. I think Baltimore's going to end up contending for the division, 
I think Cleveland's going to end up beating Baltimore uh, or Cincinnati or something like that and end up just screwing up the whole division because that's what Johnny Manziel does. Nice. I hope um, Johnny plays more. Right. He's so like, dynamic. I love Johnny. He's so bold. I love That was uh, So there's your AFC North that take the Steelers. Uh, AFC South, I think. Oh, sorry. AFC South with uh, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think the Titans are going to have a better year than people expect, uh, but I do think that the Colts are just above and beyond the best team in the AFC. First of all, uh, and I think they take the South by a, by a landslide. Uh, I do think the Texans may make a run at the wild card though. So keep that in. Keep with that what in. quarterback? With Brian Hoye. Okay. Yep. The destroyer. Brian Hoye, the destroyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the AFC West, I think, is uh, going to be the most fun division to watch in the AFC with uh, San Diego Chargers, um, Oakland Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos. Because uh, I don't think the Broncos ran away with it like they, they have. I think that, one, I think the Chiefs win it, but I think your wild card in that division uh, is going to be the San Diego Chargers. And then I also think the the uh, – Sorry, the page, not the Patriots. The Broncos are going to make the playoffs. So I think three out of those four teams get in the playoffs. Hmm. Uh, and then you go to the AFC East, uh, and I think taking the Jets. No, I'm not taking the Jets. I don't think the Jets win a game until Week Ten. Um, <laughs> They're bad. Who they have in Week Ten? I'm just saying that it's just oh, it's just okay. going to be awful. Uh, I think all this news about Tom Brady is definitely going to help the sorry the Jets Patriots. Dolphins and Bills. Correct. So I think Miami is going to win that division. I think they're going to come out of nowhere. I think the Patriots will struggle to get. Last year too. I did. I really want them to do well. <laughs> I think the it's Patriots, because you love Sean so much. That's probably what it is. No, I just for some reason like Miami. I think they're a good. Good program. They got a good program over there. Uh, now with Brady back, I think. I think the Patriots will take the division. And I think the Dolphins will go into the last week with a wild card uh, chance and then lose out. So, sucks for them. Yeah, I have a lot of similar predictions, but not the exact same. Because <laughs> you're bold. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take the easy one uh, to start off with. I'll take the AFC East. I got the Patriots. In the AFC South, I will also go with the Colts. And the AFC North, I will take the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I think uh, they, they got a wild card last year. I think they – I'm just not a believer in the Steelers. I'm not a big believer in Big Ben. I think he had a couple big games last year, and I just don't see them doing it again this year. Their defense – He's real rapey. They're not, they're not really uh, replacing um, their defense as, as well as they have in the past. Uh, they just, but they're out – they got – they're done with Paul Amalo. Yeah, and I, I think that frees them up to be a, a traditional defense. I just don't think they have Fine, the man. players in line. That's okay. We can disagree here. I don't like to. Well, and in the and AFC, you're wearing black and gold, blue, black and yellow, black and yellow. And in the AFC West, I will take the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Chefs, sorry, the Kansas City Chefs. Uh, I think card? Jeremy Macklin's a big addition, and I don't think the Broncos will do crap this year. Eight and eight at best. Uh, in the wild card, I'm taking the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. Oh, nice. The Dominican Sioux, big addition. DeAndre Hopkins, about to go crazy on everybody. About to go ape. 
hate this. Oh, and Clowney's back this year, and that's scary to have Clowney and Watt on the same D-line. I'll take uh, the Patriots. I'll take the Colts, as you guys did. I'll take Kansas City, as you guys did. Um, that North is tough. Um, Baltimore. No, I'm not going to pick the Bengals, no. Uh, I... <laughs> He's not, though. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I think the Steelers might be might be at the end of their this little run here. So uh, Baltimore and Cincy will will battle it out. Cincinnati, I think they Cleveland steals it. No, they've been Cincinnati's been really competitive in the regular season oh, the last handful of years. Um, but I just don't think it'll happen. So give me Baltimore to win that division. And then I'll take San Diego and Cincinnati as my wild cards. Right. Boom. Nice. I like that. No Denver. So I'm with you on Denver. AFC Championship. Uh, well, well, let's go to the NFC. Oh, uh, let's finish out the AFC. I like I like what Matt says. All right, fine. Matt, you win. Good job. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Yeah. All right, you guys take care. All right, AFC Championship. Matt, you go. AFC Championship. I have, um, and this is so tough to pick uh, because I think – of the top three teams that are going to finish out this year, and I think it's going to be uh, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Steelers. I think I think it's going to be Steelers over Patriots. Okay, and so I think the Steelers are going back to the Super Bowl. Uh, you talk about bold. Uh, <laughs> That's bold. I will take the in the AFC Championship game. I will take very similarly. I will take an AFC North team. I'll take the Ravens playing the Colts. I have the Colts going to the Super Bowl. Wow. All right. Uh, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. What the? Losing. I, like I almost did that. Okay. Losing, all right, all right. losing to the Colts. Colts uh, come out of the AFC. I think Macklin's a huge – like, they they didn't throw a touch on a receiver last year. and Macklin Their had, defense is ridiculous. Yeah, Macklin had three in the pre- – I know it's preseason, but he had three in the preseason. That dude's solid. And it – I will change my pick to the Chiefs making the Super Bowl if they put Chase Daniel in quarterback. All right, NFC. You're high. <laughs> uh, I'll start. Where do we start in the AFC? We start in the North? Sure. Okay. So, NFC North, you got uh, the Packers, Vikings, uh, Lions, and Bears. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I think this one. Shouldn't we move the Bengals to that division? This so we can have the Tigers. Yeah, Lions, I Tigers, like that idea. Bears, oh my. Switch the Packers. Yeah, let's get the Packers. We'll have like Vikings, Bears, Lions, and Bengals. That's a pretty ferocious yeah, really <laughs> division. Is. Like, that's the scariest division. I don't know, man. Cowboys, Redskins. No, our division is not scary at all. We Cowboys, have, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants, Indians, and Eagles. And then Eagles. And then, like, what are, like, our Giants? Like, is that really like a Giant? There's like a Giant. Now, man. that's somewhat intimidating, but. This is for a different time. Doesn't have Patriots. This is a sports Patriots, podcast Dolphins, this week. Jets and a fucking Buffalo. That's true. Okay, that's the weakest one. <laughs> Dolphins are scary one. though. Not, uh, they're like they're a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. Just or a Steve true, very <laughs> true. It's underreported, but also just don't go in the water and you have a dolphin. Game. Okay. Seahawk, dolphin, Cardinal, Forty Nine er, Ram. Oh, Forty Nine er. Okay, true. Fine, we do have Giants, and that helps a lot. There okay, we, we can do this. Okay, the NFC North. Uh, I think the Packers, uh, even with the loss of Jordy Nelson, will win that division. But I think it's going to be surprisingly close 
to the top wild card team, which is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, very high, very high on the Vikings with Vikings. Peterson back, Bridgewater. Our picks are all going to be the same. The Charles Johnson and then the Mike Wallace selection. I think that's going to be huge. Charles Johnson. The Charles Johnson. <laughs> Charles Johnson with 180 catches. That would um, be awesome. That would be ridiculous. I trade for him right now. Right this second. So I think, yeah, Packers and Vikings. I think you go down to the NFC West where you have uh, the Seahawks, 49ers. Uh, Cardinals and Rams. I think the Cardinals absolutely run away with the division. I think Cardinals. I, I'm not picking that, but I could see it happening. I think Seattle is taking a step back this year. I think I think Seattle goes ten and six with, and it, it's going to be back ended where they're going to have a rough start and they're going to come on strong. Because Cam Chancellor still holding out. Correct, but I think the Cardinals are just way too good. They have so many so many weapons on offense, and their defense is stacked. And Carson Palmer is healthy. I think the Cardinals are going to take that. They're probably going to finish. You know who they're the starting corner opposite of Sherman is right now, right? Guy who Dez just destroyed twice last year. It's Kerry Williams, the guy who played the Eagles. He's starting at corner right now. That's fun. He's on a better defense though, so so that's terrible. So, but I do think the uh, the Seahawks take the other wild card spot. Okay. Uh, But I think the Forty Niners and Rams are just going to be crap. 49 The 49 They are going to be terrible. Uh, and then... Tom Sula. And then the <laughs> NFC... very NFC, excited about Tom Sula press conference. Give Tom Sula. NFC South with the uh, Falcons, just, Falcons, Panthers, <laughs> Buccaneers, and Saints. Like the what? Flip, flip a coin. Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers, and Saints. Saints. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win the division. I think they'll have a comeback here. Uh, but they may win eight games. I think that division is the worst division in football. Matt Ryan may die in a fire, like, on the field. And the NFC East? NFC East is real easy to pick. There's three go. teams that... Three, the Redskins, right? Three teams that go 0-16, <laughs> and one team that goes 16-0. and It's not possible. I think that's how this works. Not physically possible. How is that not possible? they got to play each other. They're all going to die. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think the Cowboys are the obviously the, the best choice in that division. They were a very rough start. Uh, with Giants, then Eagles, and then coming around and changing pace and going in their first four games, they get to play the Patriots too at the end of that. I think that they, if they get out of there two, two and two, three and one, I think the Cowboys roll away with a twelve and four, thirteen and three season. Uh, but I do think they win the division. I think the Eagles finish second at like nine and seven, ten and six, maybe. Uh, the only issue with them is I don't think they're going to have a quarterback after week seven. That's true. Well, they will have butt fumbles. All right, uh, starting in the NFC North, I believe, I will also take the Packers. They're dominant. They're, they'll be fine. I will take uh, – I'll still take the Seahawks in the West. In the South, I don't know. Matt, pick a number one through four. Seven? Uh, oh, oh uh, three. Then I'm taking the – I'm taking the Buccaneers. I think that's how I did it in my head. I'll take the Buccaneers. I, I really don't know who's going to win that division. So I'll take uh, – that's – Matt picked for me the Buccaneers. Uh, in the East, <laughs> I'm obviously taking the Cowboys because I'm a homer. And for my wild card, I will also take the Vikings, but I'm taking the Rams. My Rammies. The Rammies. Oh, the Rammies. I'm taking the Rammies. The defense has been good for a while. They've struggled at quarterback because Bradford keeps getting hurt. If Foles can stay healthy, I think Foles is okay enough. And Todd Gurley is going to be a beast. More like Todd Womanly. Right. Sure. 
Uh, in the north, give me the Packers. In the west, was that next? Yeah. In the west, uh, Seahawks. In the south, I'll take Carolina. Okay. In the east, give me the Cowboys. And my wild cards will be Arizona and Minnesota. All right. Matt, championship? NFC we think in, in very much the same way, guys. Uh, NFC championship is the... Well, it's not like it's hard to pick the Packers from that division. Yeah. NFC championship is the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Okay. I think, I think the Cowboys win it. I'll say so Cowboys. The Seahawks come out of the wild card? Yeah. Okay. And you took who to win it? Cowboys. Oh, okay. I will take the Packers versus the Cowboys with the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Give me Cowboys and Packers. Cowboys coming through. So I've got a Cowboys Steelers matchup. I've got Cowboys Colts. I got Cowboys Colts. Either way, it's a Super Bowl rematch from the seventies. Mine, nineties. Mine's a matchup with the most similar uniforms in the league. <laughs> All right, who do you guys have winning this thing, Matt? Um, man, that's a tough one, but I think I think the Steelers don't get their seventh ring. Yes, but the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. We are the champions. (laughs) But I think the Cowboys get their sixth ring. I really do. I think this is the year they're going to make a make a run. If they don't, then they're. um, I've already said I tease Canada. Tease me. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Steelers. So uh, I'm just going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to tease you. I'm taking the Cowboys. Homers, homers. I I would, I would love to take the Cowboys, but the Colts. I think. Are gonna That's bold and the biggest, stupid. The biggest homer on the podcast didn't play our reindeer game. <laughs> I, you know what I'm doing? I'm just hedging. It's reverse jinxing. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm hedging. I'm just I'm hedging. So if the Cowboys win, I'll be happy. If they lose, and I, I picked it right. So. Sure. No, the Colts scare me. They're really good. I, like we said earlier, Frank Gore and Andre Johnson were great additions. The, the defense scares me. That offense is going to score so many points. Can I, I wanna, I'd like to redo my face. No. <laughs> no, I think we're done. We're, we're going to start from the top. We're going to start from the top. So in the NFC North. Jets, Browns, Titans, and Raiders. That does it for this episode of the Upper Deckers podcast. The NFC's the Saints, the Buccaneers, Panthers, and the Falcons. That's enough of Three of them could. That about does it for this episode of the Upper Deckers podcast. The Davis, NFL oh, wait, preview. We hey, we didn't do... Uh, like our MVP. MVP in football is not that important. Yeah. I'll take Andrew. No, we're not doing it. Okay, who is it? No, I just wanted to say, I thought we were going to do that. I thought we did that last year. I don't know. Go ahead. Throw in all yours. Philip Rivers. Just close it out. All right. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Upper Deckers Pod. Email us. UpperDeckersPod at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> and we'll try to do better the next time. Until that time, thanks, boys. I had a game. My arm I went through three starters. I'd like to go play again.